nuclear proliferation, global pandemic, famine, environmental genocide, war. Mankind teeters on the brink of a second dark age. Everywhere you turn, chaos, anarchy, and shadow. In these bleak days, under the fading light, where businesses and the little guy are left for dead on the side of the byway, and people cry out for the rule of law, humanity is at a breaking point where there is no light at the end of the tunnel, and everything good seems to have been barred, or banned, or barred. Two men offer up their voices in the darkness, a shining beacon leading the huddled masses into the safe harbor of good business practices and occasional time travel. Here are your hosts, the Sirens of Sanity, David Pridham, and L. Bradley Sheaf. You would see the biggest gift would be from me, and the card attached would say, Thank you for being a friend. Well, Brad, another Thanksgiving is on us, and I want to thank you for being a friend. I've always thought of you as the B. Arthur in our group. A little too manly for your own good. You boxed in the Navy, great family man, and generally uh, rugged and good looking. Oh, buddy, I can't tell you how much I appreciate that. And uh, right back at you, I've always appreciated your friendship and the many, many years that uh, we've experienced it. As you know, I've sort of thought of you as my guide through the small business universe. And uh, here we are, one more Thanksgiving in which to be uh, nothing less than thankful. Absolutely. And we've been doing this for many years now. This is our famous Thanksgiving episode. We are on the uh, precipice of another one. And uh, I am uh, very excited. And there's nothing better to lead you into uh, Thanksgiving than thank you for being a friend. I remember sitting on my great uncle WG's lap when I was a young boy in high school, watching the, uh, the big Thanksgiving Day Parade. Uh, thinking it was a little strange that I was sitting on a grown man's lap, but nonetheless, watching those big inflatable floats of the Golden Girls rolling down Fifth Avenue, nothing uh, ever has struck me as much as that. The pageantry, the joy, then you'd have the turkey, the football. I mean, what a great day. And WG had a blast. Oh, I'm sure he did. Now, was this the uncle that wore pants or the one that didn't wear pants? No pants, boxers, just boxers. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah. He I fell thought. on his head in World War One, so he had some issues. Well, you know, I mean, these things happen. So did Rue McClanahan. And that's true. had a great career as a Golden Girl. And she was really the slut of the Golden Girls, as you often point out. Well, I mean, somebody had to do it. Well, listen, it's another another year, 2021. We're headed towards the, uh, the final couple of holes. But here we are on the eve of another Thanksgiving. This is our famous uh, Thanksgiving gobbler episode uh, where you and I will... Uh, tee up some of the great turkeys of 2021 and talk about them. But but we are going to work through our normal uh, workload here, go through the normal segments. There is a studio audience here, very excited. A lot of folks with patents, some of them with NFTs for Brad to sign or fix his digital thumbprint to, which he will do. And everyone, Brad, in the studio audience, as is our tradition, will get a full turducken meal at the end of this with all the fixes. It can't be that. A turducken, not easy to prepare, especially if you're trying to deep fry 
the entirety of the turducken, that is a high-risk operation, but we've got some professionals working on that, as well as the fixins. And uh, as you pointed out, not only we're we going to have the turducken meal, but everyone will get an NFT of the turducken on their way out the door. Correct. They won't be full after receiving the NFT, but my friend, you put that up on DraftKings or one of the big digital exchanges and Johnny bar the doors, uh, you're going to be a wealthy man or woman. Yeah. Like any other NFT, you don't get the actual thing. You just get a digital representation of the thing that quite frankly, anyone else could make or have. Uh, but for some reason, they have value and we're all about value. Brad, right into the newsreel this week, there's only one story that's at the front uh, burner. The only thing that matters in this world right now is that uh, here in the great state of Texas, the Lone Star State, we are finally seeing some help on the horizon uh, from this oppressive government that has created probably the greatest uh, economy in the United States, uh, side by side with Florida. Um, Beto O'Rourke, Brad, is back. He is running for governor. He has never had a real job. He served in the House for, I believe, one or two terms. But uh, everyone here is really excited about Beto coming back, and he will be uh, making a run to be the next governor of the state of Texas. Well, buddy, I, you know, you got to tip your cap to a guy who has done nothing but get kicked in the nuts over the last four or five years politically and maybe physically. I don't know. Certainly when he speaks, you makes you wonder. Uh, but you got to appreciate a guy who's going to get back in the ring and, you know, present his nuts once again, which is but I'm reasonably confident will happen. Yep, I think that's I think that's going to happen. I think it's rather telling that he is choosing to run as a radical progressive, which is saying something in a year that is going to probably see a tidal wave against that that whole group. Um, but I look, I wish him well. I think he's not qualified for the job. I think he would be a travesty uh, if elected. But I think the odds of him being elected are about the same odds as you and I going out and winning the uh, World Cup uh, doubles championship uh, in women's tennis. Yeah. Well, buddy, I mean, fortunately, in this day and age, if you and I chose to compete in women's tennis, no one could stop us uh, because, you know, that would be sexist and it's not allowed. Um, but I do think that, you know, Beto must just like it. He must just like taking a good swift boot to the Nuggets. Because if you're going to run as a radical progressive, I can think of better places to do it than the Lone Star State. Next, Brad, everyone is stopping us on the street. Uh, inflation is at an all-time high, and people are going over the river and uh, through the woods to grandmother's house. There are record, record gas prices. Inflation is impacting everything from the, uh, the gas tank all the way through to houses and remodels to your Thanksgiving turkey. Uh, turkeys uh, are at an all-time high in pricing. Um, I think they've surged about 40% from last year. And as of today, Brad, and we are, we are literally sitting here on the precipice of Thanksgiving, staring down into an abyss of uh, cranberry sauce and stuffing and turduckens, 60% of the turkeys in the United States are out of stock. Well, why, where did they go? What do you mean? You mean there were 60%, there are 60% fewer turkeys available at this point? By the end of October, turkeys were over 60% out of stock. The spokesman uh, at uh, the Butterball company, Butterball LLC, uh, has said that the company is experiencing similar labor and supply challenges as other organizations. Apparently also the turkeys have unionized. 
and there is a move afoot to sell turkey nfts again you don't get the same bang for the buck in terms of the protein and all the fixins but you get that nft brad that no one can ever take from you they can just replicate and sell over and over again also the plight of the cranberry cranberry sauce according to the wall street journal is low in stock and a representative from the ocean spray cranberry company which of course brad is also the company that brings you the cranberry juice that uh, that company has said that it has experienced issues with materials transportation and labor okay this is the biden economy ruining turkeys and cranberries next yams and sweet potatoes brad low in stock um they are 25 percent lower than last year aluminum foil and boxes of stuffing, Brad, and this is something that we can point to and say the Biden administration is making a little bit of headway. Both boxes of stuffing and aluminum foil, according to the Wall Street Journal, an impeccable source for Thanksgiving-related data, uh, both are lowish in stock, but they're higher, Brad, than last year. And this is something that President Biden can say he did better than President Trump. Uh, aluminum foil and boxes of stuffing are higher in stock than last year. So the supply chain is working. I don't know if you saw the recent uh, piece on 60 Minutes about the debacle in our, um, in our uh, shipyards and our ports, but it looks like there is literally a traffic jam going halfway to China, back from Long Beach in the port of Los Angeles. And then when the containers get on shore, there are so many regulations that it takes weeks to get them onto the trucks. I mean, this is a systemic problem. But the good news, Brad, is that uh, Pete, Pete, Pete Buttigieg, the um, uh, bicycle riding Secretary of Transportation, uh, is back from his paternity leave, uh, five months in the uh, in the uh, in the uh, in the house um, on paternity leave, um, and uh, he is ready to go, and he is going to uh, fix this problem. Well, I mean, and no one's happier about that than I am. If there's one man that you want at the helm of a crisis like this, it's Pete Buttigieg, right? Absolutely. Because, I mean, he's a, he's a proven commodity. Where do you turn for wisdom on managing seaports? I don't know about you, but I turn to the former mayor of a landlocked state, of a town within a landlocked state. One other point I'll make, though, the Biden administration has weighed in on inflation, no need to worry. Um, Biden advisor Brian Deese, Deese, no, no relation to Della Reese, by the way, Brad. I know that's what you're thinking. Uh, when asked how the president can uh, address inflation and bring pricing down in time for the holidays, one of which is upon us, um, Brian Deese said that number one, the number one thing we have to do is finish the job on COVID getting these shots into the arms, and I'm quoting here, of five to 11-year-olds is going to provide a lot of comfort to American families. So there you have it, Brad. Uh, putting uh, shots, uh, these uh, Moderna and Pfizer and uh, Johnson & Johnson shots into the arms of kids is going to uh, help us with uh, turkey and natural gas pricing going forward. Well, I mean, how, how can it? I mean, you just, again, you just draw the line right from the vaccination of a five-year-old, someone who's got a finger a good knuckle deep into his nose as he heads into his kindergarten classroom, you get a shot into that kid's arm and then whoosh, you yeah. just see inflation start to be mitigated almost immediately. I mean, they're, they're so closely connected that you really can't impact one without impacting the other. 
And I also think it's all you need to know about what the Biden administration thinks about the intellectual level of the average American, right? So you look at an American who's sitting in his house, wrapped in tinfoil, shoveling dry stuffing mix into his mouth because he can't afford heating oil. And you say, well, listen, here's your problem. Your kindergartner isn't vaccinated. As soon as you vaccinate your kindergartner, you'll be able to buy heating oil heat your house, a turkey will magically appear on your table, full of cranberries, of course, and you'll be all set. Just get that kid out there and get him vaccinated. I mean, I, again, I don't, I, I don't know why you would do anything else. Let's roll them up, kid. Take your shot like a man or woman, and then get in line, get yourself a thigh, maybe a drumstick. Probably not, probably not breast, Brad, probably not breast. No. It's not that kind of a year. We're not going to be selfish here. Um, but I think that makes perfect sense for this administration. And of course, the um, the uh, the president is uh, fully on board with this pack of advisors he's surrounded himself with. So I am uh, very proud today to um, feel that uh, everything is going to be taken care of. Well, buddy, you and me both. Thank you to all our fans, those of you who are out there who are following us on Instaface at IP Frequently, and uh, those of you who have visited our website and our Twitter feed. Uh, keep it up. Keep the comments coming. And again, as soon as the new year uh, uh, turns and we flip the calendar, we will be moving on, Brad, to Bracketology 2022, where we mm. go through the top six, 16 songs of the uh, of the 1980s. And we sort of have a round robin format where we play one off against the other. And uh, we'll end up with an ultimate winner at some point, probably in uh, the 2030s. Sounds like fun. It does sound like fun, but not as much fun, Brad, as the gobble gobble show that we are in the middle of. This is Big Turkey Week. Thanksgiving is upon us. Brad and I will be uh, snuggling up in front of a fire, eating turkey and watching an old Johnny Cash Thanksgiving special. Uh, and we want to wish all of you uh, a, a happy Thanksgiving. And as we do it, what we do is we uh, like to talk about some of the big turkeys in public life, especially those that impact um, the, uh, the small businesses of America here, uh, the uh, people that uh, don't make it exactly easy for us to uh, operate, uh, for us to thrive, and for uh, us to provide for our uh, families and, and friends. And so Brad and I, as all of you know, who have listened to the podcast, yo, these many years, um, we uh, go through a list of turkeys in no particular order and uh, talk about what they've contributed to their turkeydom in this year, this year being 2021. And, uh, you know, maybe we even talk about uh, what we can expect from them in 2022. So without uh, further ado, the first Gobble Gobble Award Turkey of 2021 goes to your favorite, Brad, your favorite vice president, the great uh, Kamala Harris, fresh off a trip to France, where she had a fake French accent as part of a <clears throat> what appeared to be a tour of a um, Wuhan-like lab in uh, in the countryside of Paris, um, currently being marginalized by the Biden administration. Uh, we've talked in recent weeks about her forays with the Space Force. Uh, we've talked about her um, uh, with the fake interview with the children and that uh, awful antebellum mansion skit that she did, um, whether it be in the campaign where she failed to get 1% of the vote throughout the debates where she embarrassed herself and now into governing where she is overseeing the Southern border, but hasn't been there yet. 
Um, <clears throat> seems like that's probably the number one gobble gobble award going to Kamala Harris. Well, yeah, I, I don't disagree with the selection, but the problem is going to be finding her in order to give her the award because, you know, she spends most of her time, I presume, in some form of bunker because whenever she pokes her head out, she tends to make a fool of herself. And, you know, whether you're going to France and speaking in a fa- fake French accent, whether you're purporting to be making advertisements with children in real time, and it turns out, you know, you've actually been filming for a week with a bunch of paid actors to the point where Biden is signing one of his major bills at the White House and the White House announcer forgets that you're going to come to the podium and announces someone I've never heard of in your stead. Uh, She probably does deserve a good, solid gobble, but I believe she's back in the bunker. We won't see her for weeks. And so we may just have to send it like generally to the office of the vice president. And I'm sure one of her crack staff will get it to her. Yeah. I mean, you got to love, first of all, President Biden, because everything that seems to be like a hot potato, he dumps in her lap. And uh, she's I mean, if you look at the polls attached to these two, Biden, at least, is in the mid 30s. Right. I think his approvals around 35, 36 percent, which is, you know, quite frankly, a lot higher than I Abysmal. thought it would be. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> and higher than we thought it would be. And then and then now Kamala, on the other hand, she's in the 20s. She's in the, she's in the high she's in the high 20s. So she goes down to, you know, Mexico and Guatemala and insults the governments down there with um, comments uh, that were racially tinged about immigration. She goes up to El Paso to, quote unquote, visit the border and then avoids the border. She goes to France. And I don't know if you saw this, but uh, she was over in France at this Wuhan like lab and she was mimicking a French accent. But really, really like sort of like remember Peter Sellers, the great Peter Sellers. Oh, I do. Yeah. When he played the Pink Pink Panther. Panther. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. It made him look like he was underacting. Okay, I mean, it was that. It was that bad. And now, as recently as last week with the signing of the infrastructure bill, um, she gets up there to give a speech and the band starts playing over her. And then the announcer announces somebody else. She starts cackling and it's just uh, she's knocking people out of the way to get next to the president when he signs this abomination of a of of a bill. And uh, and it's just not a good not a good look. And the more you, you think about playing this out like you like to play. Parcheesi, Brad? Uh, I believe I have played Parcheesi, although I don't, I couldn't state it as a fact. So when you set up the board, right, and you move your orcs around and defend different territories, and then you get the, um, what, the nine-sided die, uh, and you start attacking the hinterlands, right, Um, what you want to do is you want to sort of, you know, figure out what your next move is going to be. Are you going to bring in the zombie army or not? I don't know. Well, if you're a Democrat and you're you're looking forward to 2022, you probably just say, screw it. That's going to be a, a whooping. So we'll go to 2024 and you have to say, OK, can President Biden run again? And do we want him to? And if not, obviously, the natural next choice is the vice president. And this is really the only case where she's the best insurance policy that Biden has, because no one wants her to become uh president, no one's going to vote for her. And so Biden has absolutely no issues with um, with feeling insecure about her. And the whole rest of the party is tearing itself apart. So it's sort of like, what do you do? Well, I mean, you can you can put Kamala out on the campaign trail where she can go up to people in various states around this great country of ours as they're out with their families, with their pets and say things along the lines of the bat. 
And, you know, maybe that's a winner. I don't know. She was trying it out in France just to see what the response would be. Maybe she brings it back home to America. But I'll tell you what, buddy, I, first of all, if you're a Democrat and you're looking forward to 2022, you're delusional. And if you're looking beyond that, I can't imagine that you want either Joe Biden or Kamala Harris anywhere near your presidential ticket. Yeah, I mean, I think that's I think that's probably right. I think. But but if you think about who's going to be at the top of the ticket, I think probably number one, the person who's acquitted himself. And I don't want to improperly use pronouns. So I'll say this person has acquitted him herself um, better than anyone's probably probably Mayor Pete taking that five months of paternity leave in the middle of the worst port crisis and infrastructure crisis in the history of this country. Well, yeah. I mean, who, what else would you have him do? Right. I mean, obviously, he's completely unqualified for the job which he's been given. And so, you know, when you know you're unqualified for a job, your best bet is just to go in your house and lock the door and hope yeah, it goes but- away by the time you come out. So I'm sure he poked his head out, you know, sort of every month or maybe semi-monthly, looked around. Nope. Ships are still backed up to China. I'm going to stay in here. And then after five months, I think your hope has to be that people are just used to it at this point. Right? Yeah. They're not going to complain because it does make it somewhat easier to get to China from the West Coast of the United States because you can just walk across the ships. Now, it's a long journey. Bring a tent and a snack so you can you know, be out on the deck and, and spend a night. But it's beautiful. It's out under the stars. You're in the Pacific. And eventually, you know, two, three weeks of walking, boop, you're in China. I agree. I agree. So I I give him kudos. He's compared to her. He's like Colin Powell going to the State Department with his experience in transportation compared to hers at the uh, executive level. But, you know, it's it's neither here nor there. Number two, Brad, the number two gobble gobble award goes to uh, your president, Joe Biden. Joe Biden, uh, obviously, gangbusters trip to uh, Scotland for the global summit. He was awake for at least 40% 40% of the time, comes back here. He had a virtual summit with Chairman Xi from China, and then he uh, signed the infrastructure bill and uh, pardoned pardoned the presidential Turkey, which uh, went on to run for Congress and win. In a landslide, I might add, uh, because if you're up against any current incumbent member of Congress, you've got a great shot of winning, even if you were formerly the now pardoned presidential Turkey. Uh, but yeah, I think that's a good second choice. I mean, you've it's it's not the usual year when you have both the president and the vice president as your top two turkeys. But I think in this year, we're, we're not going to get a lot of pushback on that. Nope. And the president is obviously already on the island of Nantucket, where he has a family tradition with Dr. Jill <laughs> Biden, um, his wife and uh, his son, Hunter and their grandkids and various uh, uh, other sundry items um, attending. So that'll be nice. I'm sure they'll have a lovely turkey. Um, and perhaps they'll be Maybe having- Maybe Hunter co- will paint it for us. Oh, and then, might. you know, it can go up for auction and, you know, somebody will spend half a million bucks on it. Of course, they don't expect to get anything but the the painting of the Biden Thanksgiving celebration, which looks like it was done by a kindergartner who may have overdosed on quaaludes. You spend a half a million bucks on that because it's worth it. You're certainly not looking to get any sort of influence over the president uh, by making that purchase. Certainly, that's not happening. 
Yeah, I think that's exactly I think that's exactly right. I think uh, and, you know, one of the things that could have impacted Hunter Biden and his performance on the island, my understanding that is upon arriving on the island, he immediately went to the Rosen Crown and had cocktails with uh, our good friend, the Coxman Silas Moody, who also spends Thanksgiving and various other days on the uh, on the Nantucket Island. Why wouldn't you? I mean, getting to an island is is effectively what you do. Yep, exactly. As he said, you just go ahead into town, you bring your papers to the local yacht club. And the next thing you, you know, my friend, you uh, have a bib on and you're eating Thanksgiving turkey. With Hunter Biden. And probably Joe. So good for uh, Silas Moody. I'm sure we'll hear from him at some point when he uh, sobers up again. Brad, it's no longer sailing season in the Northeast. So he is probably, uh, once this uh, cocktail hour with uh, Hunter Biden is over, headed to uh, the island of Bermuda. Well, hopefully he'll bring his Bermuda shorts. Yeah, right. Uh, right. Sails right into the Bermuda Triangle. Doesn't care with his uh, dog rickets. Uh, next, Brad, the number three turkey uh, gobble award goes to your friend and mine, Queen Elizabeth, who um, is now, I believe, 118 years old. She is a monarch. She is a queen. Um, and uh, she is uh, uh, apparently got uh, a bunch of health issues. There's a question of whether or not She's going to step down and and Prince Charles will take over, um, who also is a piece of work um, and would be on this award uh, list if he were relevant enough. Um, but what do you think, Brad? Queen Elizabeth, gobble, gobble? I don't know, buddy. I mean, what, what did the poor queen do to deserve a gobble? Well, let's see. She bankrolled her son Andrew's lifestyle as he cut through uh, women and what appeared to be enslaved women like a hot knife through butter, uh, paid his legal bills, uh, allowed him to hole up in one of their many royal palaces, and uh, on the other hand, raised Prince Charles. Well, yeah, I mean, those are, you know, certainly gobble worthy, uh, but over an extended period of time, right? So, I mean, maybe what we need to have is like a chronic gobble and an acute gobble. Right. So, I mean, the, the other gobbles that we've given out are, are more of the acute variety. Right. I mean, their their gobble worthy behavior occurred within a relatively short span of time. Whereas if you're going to give the queen a gobble, you got to do it over a longer period of time, sort of as a look back. And then, you know, she is 118. You can't really you know, lay a lot of responsibility at her feet at this point. I don't think. Well, let's give her a lifetime gobble award and. There you go. Call I like that. The lifetime gobble. Well, you got when your two boys, Andrew and Charles, are who they are. You probably deserve a lifetime gobble award. Yeah, and and her longtime lover, Prince Philip, is no longer with us. So maybe that attributes. Uh, we well, no, he's buried in a felt coffin. Yeah, felt coffin. Lovely man. Lovely yeah. man. Lovely man. The pride of uh, Hoboken, New Jersey. Anyway, Queen Elizabeth, God bless you. Gobble gobble. Next, Brad. Donald Trump uh, still in the news. Uh, Donald Trump attacking our democracy, uh, the worst uh, attack on the United States uh, since at least um, the War of the Huns, which I believe was in the 12th century A.D. Um, Brad, what do you think? Donald Trump, Turkey? Well, probably. I mean, I don't know what he's done lately. I haven't seen him do anything gobble worthy lately, but it's easy enough to come up with some, you know, gobble worthy behavior if you you know, take a quick gander at what, I mean, he's probably done something in the last five minutes you could give him a, a gobble for. So I think we're probably safe, even without necessarily specifying any particular behavior to just, you know, send one of those down to Mar-a-Lago with our best wishes. 
Yeah, I think that's um, probably right. I do do. I'm not sure if you saw the report this week, but Donald Trump banned, not barred, Brad banned. The more severe of the two, depending on how you look at it, uh, Taylor Swift songs from playing in the White House. Apparently, someone turned up a uh, smartphone or something playing a Taylor Swift phone and her supervisor came running into the uh, office in the West Wing and said, what are you crazy <laughs> playing that music? Apparently, Donald Trump has a thing uh, against Taylor Swift. So that may be a good thing, because next on our list, Brad Taylor Swift, who dropped a new album this week. I'm sure you've listened to it over and over again, uh, attacking many of her former lovers um, for, for dumping on her and dropping her. And, uh, you know, I think Taylor Swift probably deserves a place on this list. So he doesn't like Taylor Swift. That's fine. He's entitled to listen to whatever music he wants. So she released an album this week. You're telling me, do, do they even still make a, what is an album in this day and age? Right. Like when you and I were in our salad days, you went to the record store, which yeah. contained records. What is an album in this day and age? Well, it, basically what happens is they will drop a digital album and they'll drop it whenever they want. People will wait and just refresh and refresh on the Insta face and you're refreshing and you're cranking up the Insta face and you're cranking it and you're and then the album drops and then you've got it. And so she dropped an album that okay. basically attacked a lot of her former lovers. All right. Well, good for her. I don't know much about her. I don't know why she's angry at her former lovers. I guess, you know, many people bear some animus towards their former lovers. And so uh, I guess maybe if you're a musical artist, that's what you do. God bless her. I, I, I'm happy to now know that there are still albums, even if they don't come, you know, on a disc. Yeah, they, drop, right, they drop them. They drop them digitally. And I would say this. It's almost like she's torn between two lovers feeling like a fool. Loving both of you is breaking all the rules. Well, she must be torn between more than two lovers because that wouldn't make an album. That would make a 45 with an A side and a B side if you were torn between two lovers. But my guess is if she truly did drop an album, that she must be torn between you know, quite a variety of lovers at this point. I, you know, I mean, somewhere again between 10 and 14 to make that you know, full size album. I think that's probably right, Brad. And, and I'll say, um, Honorable mentions in the gobble gobbles this year go to uh, Nancy Pelosi, uh, go to um, your, your good friend, uh, the People's Choice, John Kerry, climate czar, climate czar, John Kerry, and the entire Houston Astros baseball team. Next, Brad, the next segment is Grab Ass with Jared. Uh, Jared likes to, uh, our, our producer, who has done a lot of work actually covering the great insurrection of 2021. Um, and uh, he also covered the emergence of John F. Kennedy Jr. at Dealey Plaza to reinstall uh, President Trump into the White House by Thanksgiving Day and uh, has covered some other events. This week, uh, Jared has chosen as his um, uh, grab bag segment, um, a movie review, an iconic holiday film Brad Santa with muscles. So with, uh, without further ado, we'll turn it over to Jared. And let's well, but I think, I think first and foremost, we have to, we have to understand, maybe Jared will walk us down this path. I mean, is it Santa with muscles? M-U-S-S-E-L-S as though he's been to the shore, he's gathered some seafood or is it Santa with muscles? M-U-S-C-L-E-S as though, you know, Santa has been hitting the gym well, thank you, Brad. Actually, the Santa with M-U-S-S-E-L-S -S -S -E is 
a Hulk Hogan movie, but that is coming out in 2022. The CLES came out in 1996. It almost won an Emmy. It made a little bit over $200,000 in the box office. So oh, a killing. Nice. Not too bad. Not too bad. $1996. And it is a family-friendly movie that everyone should watch. Well, there it is, Brad. Uh, that is the Jared stamp of approval. And uh, you should watch it with a uh, platter of mul frites, as we call them. And, well, at $200,000, uh, buddy, in Biden world, that's like $28 million bucks. Yeah, that'll inflation. buy you an NFT. It might buy an NFT. It's not going to buy a turkey, but it might buy an NFT. It is the big Thanksgiving gobble gobble episode. And what better way to celebrate Thanksgiving than with time machine, Brad? Time machine. Oh, time machine. We have, we have not done the time machine in quite some time, my friend. We have not for a variety of reasons, mostly related to the uh, FCC. But we're back now again, time machine. It's a big segment where Brad goes back in time. Uh, with one item, usually a four-pack of Zima, which is a very cold malt beverage that uh, sponsors the big program here and uh, deals with some problem. And here, Brad, what what better way to celebrate Thanksgiving than to send you back to the very first Thanksgiving, the Pilgrims, the -hmm. Native Americans, Mm -hmm. um, Plymouth Rock. I believe this was about, what, 50 years ago. You go back with four Zima, and, uh, you know, you go back and you just try to bring everyone together because obviously things were torn apart. And the direct result of the first Thanksgiving was uh, the uh, insurrection on January 6th. So, Brad, I guess the question is going back in time, fully lubed up Arnold Schwarzenegger style, four pack of Zima, ice cold. Somehow you have defied the laws of physics by bringing an ice cold Zima back uh, to what I believe was Dublin, Ohio. Uh, in the early 1960s. Um, Pilgrims, you've got Native Americans. John Smith is probably there. Ben Franklin, I believe, was there. Lincoln is, of course, there. Brad, what do you say? Pocahontas is there. Sitting Bull is there. Brad, what do you say to these people uh, to bring them together? Well, buddy, this is a tough one because this is not an era into which you can sort of appear uh, you know, on natural, as they say, and not cause a bit of a hubbub. And the last thing you want to do is knock the original Thanksgiving kind of over, right? You don't want that. Now, luckily for me, this is also an era where there is no indoor plumbing. There may still not be indoor plumbing in Dublin, Ohio, as far as I know, but there certainly is no indoor plumbing during the first Thanksgiving. So that creates my initial opportunity. So I, I stand outside the back door of the, of the official Thanksgiving hut. I wait for the first gentleman to go out to use the facilities, as it were, right over the head with one of the Zimas. And I'm able to put on the big, tall black hat with the brass buckle on the front, the white thing that looks like something like a cross between a bib and a pillowcase that you wear over your shoulders, the rest of the black suit. And now I can march myself into the original Thanksgiving slick as you might please. Now I'm down one Zima because, you know, all of the original pilgrims had very hard heads. It's what got them through that first winter. And so that's cost me a Zima. I'm down to three Zima, but that's as many as I need, right? Because I've got a Zima for John Smith. I've got a Zima for sitting bowl. I've got a Zima for myself. Uh, this is quite a little committee, if you will, that I've got before me now that I can take advantage of. And I'm going to ask these two wizened gentlemen, these leaders of men, 
coming from two widely diverse cultures, how we avoid the shenanigans around January 6th. Again, the worst insurrection in the history of this solar system and perhaps others. I mean, we haven't explored any others, but certainly the worst insurrection in the history of this solar system. And who better to ask than two gentlemen who are able to bring widely diverse cultures together in order uh, to allow for the eventual arising of the United States of America. And so I do that. I give a Zima to John. I give a a Zima to Sitting Bull. We sit down like gentlemen. I have my hat on. John has his hat on. Sitting Bull has his headdress on. We've each got a Zima. And we talk about it. And the what we come up with, my friend, is that it can't be done. Well, there it is, Brad. I mean, that's how you solve world peace. I mean, you obviously don't want to bring up Donald Trump or any of that, uh, any of that stuff, because it could trigger a sitting bull or John Smith or William McKinley. And then we would have an even bigger problem. But that's great. I think that in the spirit of the uh, of the uh, the holidays, I think that's a great way to deal with it. And I'll tell those all of those of you at home, a great way to enjoy your Thanksgiving turkey is to wash it down with a uh, 20-ounce jug of Zima, maybe several of them. I don't know. We don't judge here on IP frequently, okay? And we move on to COVID Corner, COVID Corner where we explore all things COVID. Cases are rising in Germany. Austria, Brad, is uh, locking down all unvaxxed people. Europe uh, cases are spiking. Uh, Fauci, the brilliant scientist Fauci, um, is warning people not to celebrate Thanksgiving with uh, other human beings. And, um, you know, this is a, this is a big, uh, big problem. All the while there's a booster mandate that's now being considered by the Biden administration. Seems like Brad, it could be COVID round 66 here in a couple of weeks. Buddy, again, you got to wonder when people are just going to let this go. Right. I mean, I, I, I get it. If you're in charge, it makes you feel powerful to tell people to do this or to do that and then to you know assuage your conscience by convincing yourself you're doing it for the public health when clearly you're not you're just doing it because you're a self-important jackhole but at some point people are just going to have to say you know what I, i'm not doing it and I, i'm not really sure how you have a booster mandate when the original vaccine mandate has been stayed by the 5th circuit like, well, I just don't how, know. I'll tell you how, Brad. I'll tell you how. The Biden administration is now advising businesses to still comply with the original mandate, um, regardless of the Fifth Circuit's ruling. I'm not sure you could do that. I certainly know that if the previous administration had just ignored the judicial system and said, do it anyway, that that would have caused uh, the biggest insurrection since the Battle of Bull Run or Guadalcanal, uh, whichever was the one without the Native Americans. But it's just these folks that you got to let it go. I mean, again, fine. Cases are spiking. Maybe that's true. Maybe it's not. I don't even know how you count anymore. But the real question is, how many people are truly sick? How many people are dying of this? And how many people are actually having to be tested just to know they have it? Right. I mean, again, my presumption is that we know that cases are rising because we're testing people. My guess is that those people feel otherwise fine. They come right off the tennis court. They go and get a test. They're like, oh, son of a gun, I've got COVID. And the next thing you know, Austria is locking down, which has little or no impact on anyone who is outside the four corners of Austria, because who cares? Uh, but it just it, at, at some point, 
we were just going to have to say, nope, I'm not doing it. Yeah, we probably would have been better off if we locked Austria down about 70 years ago. But that's that's a different story, Brad. Um, but we'll keep an eye on COVID. Obviously, there are some issues there. But Brad, next, the asteroid update. We've got uh, the asteroid we talked about, Nufarna, which is headed towards Earth. There are now two. Whoa, whoa, whoa. New- that's the name of the asteroid? What is? Nufarna? No, I what said- What did you just we- say? I said the asteroid that we know that we've been planning for that that's on the way to earth next year. Oh, I thought you named it. No, I didn't. What what are you nuts? You think I'm going to make up a name of an asteroid in New Farna is the best I could do. Come on. But also Brad, in addition to New Farna, we've got two other asteroids, one the size of the Eiffel tower heading to earth in December of this year. Is Uh, it shaped like the Eiffel tower? Cause that would be cool. It is. Um, it is the size of the Eiffel Tower. It is dubbed 4660 Nurius or 1982 DB, vaguely egg-shaped asteroid, yeah, uh, 330 bad. meters. It's careening towards Earth. They anticipate that it'll pass the planet on December 11th at a distance of 3.9 million kilometers and at a speed that is pretty freaking fast. In addition to that, Brad, there is the massive asteroid designated 163899 also dubbed son of Nufarna which uh is going to be passing the earth in December as well um very uh interesting it's actually phallically shaped but right now it looks like we're about to dodge a couple of bullets knock on wood well tune in here folks because we'll give you we'll count it down both David and I will count down the 1862 DB and the son of Nufarna and any other sort of interstellar objects that may come swinging by the earth. And we'll let you know exactly when to duck yeah. uh, because obviously when these things come by, you know, within sounds like 6 million kilometers. I mean, that's, that truly is a near miss. And so, you know, we'll collectively, those of us here in the IP frequently ecosystem, we'll all duck together and whew, it'll just go gliding by our heads, but who knows who gets knocked over by this thing that's, uh, you know, within 6 million kilometers. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, I think that's exactly right. We have to keep an eye on it. Obviously, New Farna is where we are all focused. We want to keep our eyes on the proverbial ball. Um, and especially with Thanksgiving coming up and then Christmas, Brad, we don't want some asteroid like ruining it for us. No, there's always some asteroid that shows up at your Christmas party and you're wondering who invited this guy. Uh, but not, not here, not at IP Frequently. We keep our eyes on them. And we check the asteroids at the door. Next, Brad, uh, finally, the Thanksgiving edition of Bard or Band, the Bronze Stevie Award winning segment. Uh, And again, I understand we've been nominated for a Bronze Stevie again in 2021. Gobble, gobble. Uh, Very excited about that, Brad. It's a big uh, honor to be uh, considered. And uh, when you and I uh, go out uh, to the uh, awards at the big Chinese theater, in LA and walk the red carpet like no one else can. Uh, it is truly an honor and a blessing. Indeed, both. I'm excited about it. I know you're excited about it. The studio audience is on their feet, just sort of a spontaneous round of applause for uh, not really you and I, buddy. I mean, yeah, I mean, you and I get to be the face of it. We get to be the ones to walk the red carpet. But the real star here is the band or bard segment itself. Exactly, exactly. And this week, Brad, we explore all things supernatural, uh, barter band 
uh, psychedelic toad venom. Of course, Iron Mike Tyson, one of the greatest boxers of all time. Uh, really, really solid fighter. Uh, trained by the late, great Customato, who I think you worked with in the Navy. Um, uh, Iron Mike, of course, is known for his Iron Mike hand, right hand. I, we, they called it Iron Mike. His championship reign, biting the ear off of uh, the great Evander Holyfield, who I believe lives under an underpass now. And um, uh, of course, uh, likes to, to do these psychedelic trips on toad venom. Uh, the toad is a Mexican toad that spends seven months living underground. But when it's active, it's venom, uh, quote, can be smoked to produce a short psychoactive trip. The venom has long been used in traditional healing rituals, but it's also been exploited as a type of LSD among the rich and famous. Um, Mike Tyson has taken 53 toad trips, Brad, 53. And Mm. he says, and I quote, I died during my first trip. Um, The uh, uh, former world champion said, in my trips, I've seen that death is beautiful. I died on the toad. Life and death both have to be beautiful on the toad, but death has a bad rep. The toad has taught me that I'm not going to be here forever, man. That's an expiration date, end quote. Wow. I mean, couldn't have said it better myself, nor would I. Yeah, exactly. And I guess Mike Tyson discovered the toad four years ago. Uh, At the time, he was over 140 pounds overweight. He was drinking, drugged up, very sluggish and unhappy. Once he started smoking this toad venom brad he uh turned it around he lost weight he's now part well, of he's the dead cele- i mean it's easy oh, to lose weight when you're dead he's spiritually dead but everything else is alive he's a he's a celebrity boxer now i thought he was a celebrity boxer before well i don't know but here, here's a quote from him he says i did it as a dare i was doing heavy drugs eating donuts having a lot of cocaine so why not i like booze too it's another dimension man before i did the toad i was a wreck the toughest opponent I ever faced was myself, but now I have the toad. I had low self-esteem, ate a lot, drank a lot, cocaine, man. People with big egos often have low self-esteem and they eat and they do drugs. We have ego to subsidize that. The toad strips the ego. There it is, Brad. You're going you're gonna to get yourself some toad and smoke it up? But I'd at least like to meet the toad. Now, on all 53 trips, is it the same toad? Is this experience toad dependent? Oh, I don't know, Brad. I'm assuming he's tripped 53 times. I assume they're different toads. It could be the same one. But he said in three months, he lost 100 pounds and he started boxing again. He Just spontaneously dropped 100 pounds and started throwing hands? Started throwing hands, reconnected with his wife and family, found God but he still continues to advocate for psychedelics, especially the toad. He goes around the country as an evangelist of the toad. An evangelist of the toad, sort of a Johnny Appleseed of toads. Yeah. He said, quote, it's made me more creative man and helped me focus. The toad is everything. I'm more present. I'm a businessman and an entrepreneur. There it is. Iron Mike Tyson, a a, small business owner. He's on the toad. Small businessman. And listen, I'll tell you, the guy had an iron right hand. Yeah, and apparently has it again, thanks to the uh, toad. Now, I mean, again, I'm a little in the dark as to whether we're talking about, he keeps referring to the toad. I don't know if it's one toad or if that's just sort of a blanket statement for all toads. 
I'm not sure where the venom comes from. I've never been bitten by a toad. I didn't know they could do that. So I'm, I'm a little bit in the dark about the whole thing. I'm pleased for Mike. I mean, here on IP Frequently, we love to see a success story. We love to see people pull themselves up by their bootstraps, even if they're using a toad to do so. I'm happy that he's not drinking. I'm happy he's not on the cocaine. I'm happy he's finding himself. Oh, Brad, My question I, I, is, what are we banning or barring? Let me be clear. I don't, I don't know that he's not on the cocaine anymore. He's just in a, I think in addition to he's doing the toad, he's smoking up the, uh, the, the venom of the toad. Yeah. The whole thing, I, I got to tell you, the whole thing is leaving me a, a, a little bit confused. Maybe it's because I don't have the toad myself. Maybe that's something I should experiment with. It's unlikely I'll grant you, but you know, we never say never here on IP frequently. So, but, but again, but what, what are we, what are we? Well, the, the question is, should the toad itself be barter banned? No. I mean, that's a way to save Iron Mike, or do you encourage it? No. And let's get him back in the ring. I, I encourage it. I don't want to bar it or ban it. No, the last thing we want to do is bar, ban the toad. This is not the toad's fault. The toad's just doing toad things. It's the greatest champion of all time. The toad only has five months to do toad stuff. The rest of the seven months, it's dormant or underground, wherever it is. So the last thing we want to do is take out any of our, you know, particular concerns on the toad. I, buddy, I always say, let toads be toads. You've heard me say it. I say it all the time. Let toads be toads. So we're certainly not banning or barring the toad. Now, whether or not we want to ban or bar the use of the toad venom as a psychedelic, I mean, the only experience I have with it is the secondhand experience that I have with Mr. Tyson, and he seems to be excited about it. Yeah, and he's also working on two brands of cannabis, Brad, including one called Undefeated, which he, of course, was not because he lost a number of fights. I, I, don't, I, I think, quite frankly, if we barred or banned the toad, then Iron Mike maybe come, may come looking for us, so we don't want to do it just because of that. Well, he's 100 pounds lighter. He's fired up. He's got the toad himself. But do you, so how does this work? Do you actually travel with the toad? Or does someone just provide you the necessary toad venom and you snort it or smoke it or do whatever it is you're going to do? Do you, do you, do you have a, a companion toad if you're into this? I'm not going to lie. Okay. I don't know exactly. I like to think yeah. it's the former. I like to think he's traveling with a gaggle of toads. Me too. Um, but I'm, I'm, I'm pretty confident it's probably the latter where he's just got a bunch of spiked little funny cigarettes that have the toad in them and he just goes to town. Yeah, I think, you know what, if it was going to be me, buddy, if I was going to experiment with a psychedelic drug, I would want to meet the toad. The, the toad and I are going to have to get face to face. Yeah, I mean, that's one way you could go, you know, or you could just say, screw this whole thing. Let me get a big plate of turkey, Brad, which is what you're going to be doing and what our families are going to be doing. So I want to wish to everyone out there a very happy Thanksgiving. We'll be sitting down breaking bread having our famous turducken and we have brought in uh, some of the toad for everyone to experiment with and i believe iron mike tyson will be serving pumpkin pie i wouldn't have it any other way buddy from my house to yours you my good friend david pridham you all my friends out there in ip nation a very happy thanksgiving and we'll see you next week this has been ip frequently once again clearing a forest of lies with the machete of truth, you're welcome.